everyone. Welcome to Your Life, Your Design podcast. My name is Sophie Koo, and I'm so grateful to have you accompany me today as we talk about some ways of life that work uniquely for you so that you can start living the life that you love by design and not by default. Welcome to today's episode of Your Life, Your Design podcast. As I record this podcast, the city of Glasgow is clearing up for the biggest event that the UK will be hosting, COP26, the United Nations Climate Change Conference. It's a significant event where nations, transnational organizations, NGOs, and others come together to discuss the latest developments and negotiate a collective action on climate. Over the years, this conference typically involved complex and politically charged climate negotiations. So on top of the 30,000 delegates and officials who are arriving from all over the world, you can expect protests, publicity stunts, and other kinds of grassroots activities around the city carried out by about another estimated 100,000 activists. So one can only imagine the potential impact, disruptions, and bottlenecks that this climate event will have on Glasgow's travel network, businesses, and local residents. Now, what I am very impressed with is the preparation that the Scottish government has put in place to minimize the impact and disruptions of this potential bottlenecks. Get Ready Glasgow is a campaign launched months prior to the summit for all the communication and engagement work um, being carried out to keep the city moving and open for business in the lead up to and during the summit. And it's also being used to make sure that the city is prepared to welcome visitors and that citizens feel confident and reassured about Glasgow hosting a COVID-safe event of the scale. Now, the desired outcomes of this campaign are Number one, to inform people of the potential increased demands on the city network to accommodate the restrictions to usual flow. And number two, to influence their travel behavior, encouraging the public to plan their journey ahead of time um, to travel uh, in, to, or around Glasgow in the weeks before and during COP26. So bottlenecks is what I'd like to discuss in today's episode the bottlenecks in our life, and how to manage them such that we minimize the impact and disruptions that these bottlenecks may cause in our life. So what is a a bottleneck? From a business perspective, a bottleneck is a work state that gets more work requests than it can process at its maximum capacity, which causes an interruption to the flow of work and delays across the entire production process. This means that even if this work stage operates at its maximum capacity, it will still not be able to process all the work items quick enough to push them to the next stages without causing delays. So simply put, when your input is greater than your capacity to process, a bottleneck appears. And many a times, bottleneck is often acknowledged only after it has caused a blockage in the flow. So looking at life using this business management perspective, 
of what a bottleneck is might give us a little bit more insight, especially during times when we feel stuck. Now, whenever we feel stuck, what usually happens is that we tend to keep looking at the areas in life where we feel continuously stuck in and can't seem to get anywhere with that. So the next time you experience this stuckness, ask yourself this instead. Is my capacity to process or manage lesser than the input? In this case, the input can be expectations, obligations, or responsibilities. Now with this perspective, we might be more able to discover the bottlenecks in our life that are causing us to feel stuck. So let me give you an example. So I've been an entrepreneur for many years now, and I'm pretty efficient and effective in the various areas that I need to take care of. Well, except one thing, accounting. I hate looking at accounts. Ledger, balance sheets, let alone making sure that they're updated. Now, don't get me wrong, I can do them, but I just absolutely hate doing them, so I procrastinate. Well, a lot. So much so that I have missed um, uh, submission deadlines many times before, which resulted in fines. So when I look back and think about it now, it was really not worth it. So do you have similar bottlenecks like this in your life? Or how would you know if you have? Following are three simple ways to find out. Number one, do you find people around you often telling you this? Now, I'm following up with you on this matter that you said you would get back to me on. Or, I've been waiting for your response on that matter for a while now. When can I hear from you? Number two, is your work table often filled with matters that needs to be dealt with? Or is there a permanent pile of documents sitting in your in-tray? Is your in-tray always much fuller than your out-tray? Number three. Or do you experience a chronic low level of stress and anxiety? Like you're always worried that you've missed accomplishing some tasks or that you feel that time's always running out for you? Now, if you experience any of the above, or all three of them, it is possible that there is a bottleneck or several bottlenecks in your life. Some of you who are listening right now might reply saying this, but Sophie, that's life. That's how life has always been for me. Always so many things waiting for me to finish or complete. There are just things I have to do and expectations from others that I have to live up to. Now, if you were to use the definition of bottleneck in this context, would you be able to have a different perspective or find new ways of managing these bottlenecks in your life? Now, I'd like to share a technique with you that might be helpful in soothing these bottlenecks. This technique is known as the 5Y technique. It is a rather simple technique. The first thing to do is to take a snapshot of your life at the current moment and then identify where the biggest bottleneck lies. This is when you ask yourself the first why. Why do I have such a bottleneck here? And then you will have a reason for it. 
Once you have the answer, you ask your second why. Again, you will have your your reason. You continue asking why with each reason you come up with, until you've asked your fifth why. If you want to, you may wish to continue with the process, but the minimum is five whys. If you were to answer each of these five whys with 100% honesty, coupled with curiosity, you might be able to uncover brand new insights. Now, I'll use a recent experience with my brother and his family as an example. Now, I have been staying with my brother, my sister-in-law, and their three young children for the past couple of months. And one of the challenges that I face with them, well, for me, it's just this couple of months, but for them, definitely longer, is that the children sleep late or have irregular sleep patterns every now and then. So there are days that they wake up feeling energized, while other mornings it's just such a struggle to get them out of bed, ready for school, and everything in between. I must admit, sometimes I feel that it's just so much easier to throw in the towel and surrender to, okay, fine, stay in bed, sleep as long as you want, and let's skip school then. When the children sleep late, what usually happens and I'm sure this happens in other households as well, is that the adults would repeatedly tell them to go to bed. And of course, that doesn't happen, right? And patience wanes with time. Uh, so the overall mood of the night is affected because they will start throwing tantrums, start crying and whatnot. The next morning, obviously, it is then harder to wake them up. And then it's last night's commotion all over again. Uh, well, if not, it's, it's worse in the morning because there is now the pressure uh, of sticking to a must-get-to-school-by-7.50am timeline. Now, I understand that what all parents want is to be able to help cultivate good lifestyle habits in their children. So why is it that they often end up sleeping late, or having habits like this. So this is one pain point that I'm currently experiencing with my brother and his family during my stay with them. Let's explore this. Now, the bottleneck here is that because the kids sleep late and they need to wake up early in the following day, the general mood and overall happiness for the whole family is affected especially with the shouting and screaming bouts from the kids. Using the 5Y technique, I'll start with Why are the children sleeping later than their usual bedtime? Well, based on observation, some days it is due to schoolwork. The parents will spend time going through school after dinner. Other days, dinner time is delayed due to after-school activities. And then the rest of the times, it's because the youngest refuses to sleep. And so he refuses to let the other two sleep because he wishes to play with his two older siblings no matter how exhausted he already is. Okay, the second why. Why are evenings the only time for homework? Or why 
does the youngest chooses before bedtime to play? Well, because the youngest has a different school and extracurriculum activities from his two older siblings, and all these activities take place before dinner time, so leaving after dinner the only time for homework. Third, why? Why do they have different school schedules? Because for this particular nursery that the youngest is attending, that's the only schedule that is available at the moment. The fourth why. Why is he attending this nursery even though the schedule is relatively more challenging to manage effectively? It's because this nursery offers a good program that the parents are familiar with. The fifth why. Why did the parents sign the little one up for other extracurriculum activities during the weekdays knowing the schedule is challenging both for the kids and the parents? Well, because they want the best for all three of them. To expose them with equal opportunities so that they will be happier learning and growing. Okay, so that's the fifth why. And the final answer is that so that the children will be happier learning better and more. When we look at this in greater depth, the, the parents' intention is for the kids to be happier. But this comes with days of late nights and screaming mornings and causing the parents additional stress than they are already experiencing. So in order to resolve or to soothe this bottleneck, it might be worth reconsidering or relooking at this particular arrangement that they have. So does this give you a clearer picture or a different perspective of where your bottleneck might lie and some possible ways to choose to manage the situations? So the 5 Y technique is a simple and useful technique to help uncover and clarify the origins of your bottlenecks so that you can then come up with new and different ways of managing them. What are these ways? I'd like to share three suggestions. Suggestions that you can experiment with to see and experience for yourself if they work or not. The first suggestion. Delegate, or what I like to call outsource. If you're feeling overwhelmed by the tasks or things you need to do, identify those that you can delegate or outsource. In the business world, this is the same as hiring or allocating more resources or people to this particular work stage. Now, what's important here is that you refrain from judging yourself with conversations like, what kind of mother would I be if I were to outsource taking care of my house? Or, I'm such an incapable father for letting my kids have a little more screen time so that I can take a quick rest. Now just remember this, your goal here is to delegate and outsource. It does not impact or represent your ability nor capability as a parent or, or uh, the role that you play. Number two, develop a simple process for you and more importantly, stick to it. For example, um, using the example that I gave earlier, have all their school bags ready the night before 
including their uniforms, their water bottles, all ready by the door so that they are ready to go. The objective here is to help improve or increase your efficiency and effectiveness so that you can have less things to worry about um, in the mornings. The key to making this work for you is to stick to this process, regardless. Of course, unless there's an emergency. So make it simple and easy. Make it a process that does not require any rethinking. Now, this process can also be uh, known as automation, especially at work, using API technology or apps where you automate certain processes so that you can free up your mental space for other things or just rest. Now, if you have tried these two suggestions and still not making any headway with easing the bottlenecks, then perhaps you might want to explore the third suggestion, which is to relook at your inputs and decide if it's time for you to cut them down. Again, these inputs can be expectation from others or yourself, your beliefs or obligations. Uh, looking at my example earlier, if the challenge is that there are just too much disruptions to squeeze in extra curriculum on a weekday, would it be possible to reduce the inputs, in this case the extra activities, and have them take place over the weekends instead? Now this could be discussed between the parents and even with the kids to decide together what might work. Note that all these are not cast in stone. This is an opportunity for them to try it for themselves. And if they've tried it and they don't work, it's back to the drawing board to see what else might. So that there's minimum disruption during the weekday for both the kids and the parents. Now, this option might even involve giving up certain activities for the time being and leaving them for later when there's an increase in bandwidth for all we'll often encounter bottlenecks in our life, sometimes more than other times. Very often, what we find is that the time when we are fully aware of these bottlenecks is when they are already so congested and stuck and that we can't cope with them anymore. But too many of such bottlenecks is possibly the reason why we feel stuck. And if you are feeling this way, maybe it's time to roll up your sleeves to find out what these bottlenecks are and where they originate from, starting with the 5Y technique. And then when you have clarity in that, ask yourself the following questions. Is the input greater than my capacity to process or manage? What are the areas regarding this that I can potentially communicate to delegate, outsource or automate? Or, do I just want to look at reducing the inputs for now to soothe the congestions and bottlenecks and then get back to them once the traffic flow has soothed and that I'm more capable of handling them? In business, the key to a healthy and productive flow is the absolute minimum disruption to the process. This is the same with bottlenecks you encounter in life. 
The key here is not to get rid of the bottlenecks. According to Eliyahu Goret and Jeff Cox, authors of a business novel called The Goal, bottlenecks will always be bottlenecks. Our aim is to balance out the disruptions that the bottleneck experiences from both ends. Balancing out that pressure will allow your entire system to flow much better and smoothly. So it's not about getting rid of bottlenecks. It's about saying no and keeping your input as close to your capacity to process as possible. It's about relocating your resources to manage the priority bottlenecks you wish to manage first, instead of all at the same time. It's about surrendering to delegation or outsourcing should you want the same performance outcome. Now, if your goal prior to listening to this podcast was to get rid of all bottlenecks in your life, for example, maybe you have internal conversations like, there's nothing I cannot accomplish on my own. Or, I don't believe in saying no to a task or expectation that is asked of me because that would mean that I'm not capable. If that's true for you, then it is possible that that itself may be a reason why the bottlenecks are there in the first place. We live in a world where change is the only constant and moving at a faster speed now than ever. Together with our belief systems, our thought patterns and behavior, this change disturbs the relative balance of our internal system. Empower yourself to discover and resolve bottlenecks quickly by performing regular bottleneck analysis using what we've discussed earlier. This way, you get to see if any new congestions occurred and what needs to be done to reduce their impact instead of waiting till you are permanently stressed, consistently missing deadlines, and life for you has stopped flowing smoothly. And this is today's episode of Your Life, Your Design podcast. Thank you for listening. I hope you've gotten some value from today's content that will help empower you to design the life you love to live. If you have enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to subscribe, to rate, and give a review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Google Podcast. Thank you. I really appreciate that. This is Sophie Ku, and you've just listened to Your Life, Your Design podcast. Until the next episode, take care and stay safe. <laughs>